Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 7th of December as the Flyers will be back in action tonight, finally wrapping up this five-game homestand that started. How about this? It's been, it feels like an eternity since the Flyers played a road game, but the homestand began on November 29th. It hasn't been that long. I don't know why I'm making a big deal about it. Uh, but that was the 3-1 win that ended the 10-game winless skid with that 3-1 win over the New York Islanders. Tampa Bay was game number two, that 4-1 loss where Tampa just absolutely dominated the second period. Then New Jersey, that was the 3-2 loss where the Flyers outshot the Devils 33-18. And then, of course, on Monday night, the Flyers got the win over, yeah, a depleted Colorado Avalanche team, 5-3 the final in that one. And the interesting thing is, that Carter Hart's played every game of the five-game homestand. Well, yeah, maybe he gets the start again tonight. Maybe we get James Van Riemsdyk back in the lineup. Maybe Cam Atkinson gets back in the lineup. We'll get to a question about Artem Anisimov in just a moment that came in via email. So there's a lot to get to. But let's look at the matchup tonight with some specifics. Because the Flyers took on this Washington team in D.C., uh, not their last road game. The last road game they played was against the New York Islanders, but two road games ago. And that was back on November 23rd, which was two weeks ago tonight. And that was that 3-2 overtime loss in Washington. Felix Sandstrom got the start for the Flyers in that game, and ultimately they ended up losing it in overtime. I kind of made a big deal on social media and probably on here to some extent that I thought there was too many men on the ice for the overtime winner because Dylan Strom jumped on the ice and established himself well before Kuznetsov was by the bench for a change. But nonetheless, that was a 3-2 loss. It was Ovechkin who scored the overtime winner, and uh, the Flyers, that was a part of that 10-game winless skid. Um, so here we are two weeks later, Flyers in their last four games, 2-2, two and two, have an opportunity to end this five-game homestand with a winning record. Can they do that coming up tonight? Now, Washington in the standings, has played one more game than the Flyers. So they've played 27. They have a record of 11, 12, and 4. 26 points, 4, 4, and 2 in their last 10. They won their last one. Flyers, 26 games played, 3 points back with the game in hand on the Caps, a record of 9, 12, and 5. Flyers, 2, 6, and 2 in their last 10, also won their last game. Who's leading the Caps in points? Who's leading the Caps in goals? As if I even need to ask the question out loud. It's Ovechkin. <clears throat> He's got 13 goals on the season. He's got 25 points. 25 points in 27 games. Minus 14 on the year, playing over 20 minutes a night, and his shooting percentage right now at 11.9%. There's not a lot of guys in the league where I'll even bring up shooting percentage unless they're just scoring at an unbelievable clip. And sometimes when they're not scoring the way they usually score. Evgeny, Evgeny Kuznetsov, in 26 games this year, is three goals, and his shooting percentage is only 4.7%. Tells you, he's just not fine in the back of the net. And that's a forward. That's a center. So it's not like it's a D-man where you may get a slightly deflated, if you will, shooting percentage. Uh, Dylan Strom, second in points for the Washington Capitals in 27 games played. He's got five goals, 15 assists, 20 points, uh, playing 17 minutes on the button a night shooting percentage of 9.3%. So we'll see if the Flyers get some troops back tonight to help out the cause. 
We'll see if JVR and Cam Atkinson, two veteran guys that have been in this league a long time, by my count, about 52 to 58 per 82 combined goals in a season for those two. So you could use some goal scoring. Yeah, you got five in the last game. One of them was an empty netter. Two power play goals. That was great. Uh, But uh, you can always get more scoring. That's been the one thing since the beginning of that 10-game winless skid uh, that the Flyers just have not done a whole heck of a lot of. You know, they're still 32nd in the NHL in uh, goals for per games played. When you look at the, uh, well, actually, they're just out of it now because the Anaheim Ducks are at 2.42. Flyers are at 2.46 goals per game. And uh, the Ducks now 32nd in the NHL. But Washington, a team with Ovechkin, is actually 27th in the league, only scoring 2.74 goals per game. So even a team with, as I see it, the greatest goal scorer that's ever played. I know he doesn't have the most goals yet, but adjusted numbers and all things considered, I think he's the greatest goal scorer ever played, uh, is having trouble scoring as a unit as well. And it's and it's odd because some of the teams that you see here in the bottom third in the NHL, you wouldn't expect. Like I see the Nashville Predators there. They have a record of 12-9-2, 26 points, and they are 29th in the NHL in scoring. They're only averaging, giving up three goals per game. Then you look at the Capitals, who we just mentioned. You know, Columbus is a team. I know Line A is out right now, but they got Gaudreau. Only 2.87 goals per game. Carolina, a team that's 14-6-5, second spot in the Metropolitan Division. 2.88 goals per game. Calgary's another team I thought would score a little more. 21st in the NHL at three goals a game. The Rangers, 20th in the NHL. In goals per game. Now we're just past a quarter of the season, so there's still a lot of time, and these numbers could obviously change. But some of those just kind of popping out, and then you see the Bruins at the top of the league, averaging uh, 3.96 goals per game and only giving up 2.17 goals per game. Pretty easy to see why they're 23 and one on the season. Dallas number two in goal scoring at 3.92, and Buffalo is up there as well. Problem for Buffalo, they're well, they're scoring 3.8 goals per game, but they're giving up 3.68, and that's been a bit of the problem for them. And then the Jersey Devils, 3.72, and the Seattle Kraken in the top uh, five as well, rounding out the top five at 3.67, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, Tampa Bay, Florida, and Edmonton as well. So it's the Flyers and the Caps tonight. Let's get to a couple emails that came in. Uh, James McPherson uh, t- messaged me emailed me at jason.mertitus, J-A-S-O-N dot M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S at gmail.com. And he said, hey, Jason, I have not missed an episode of Flyers Daily, and I appreciate your efforts to put the show together. Thank you very much. He said, I want to start by saying, uh, seeing that horrible news about Chris Letang, who had a stroke, and ask that you remind all listeners to keep him and his family in their thoughts and prayers. This came in a couple of days ago, but um, that message still stands. I know Letang has been back on the ice. It's not his first stroke either. He had one uh, back in 2014 as well. So we do hope the best for Chris Letang and, and his overall health. He said, now on to the Flyers. I love the home game win against the Islanders back last Tuesday, but didn't love everything about it. Everyone is talking about how it was a complete game win. And while I agree on one hand, the game could have easily gone the other way. There was at least five games during the winless streak that were just as complete as this game was with one small difference. He said the mistakes they made in those games ended up 
with the wrong light on the ice getting lit. He said, I'm also not trying to put blame on Hart or Sandstrom or any other individual player. Sometimes funny things happen and the puck ends up in the net. And sometimes funny things happen to keep the puck out of the net. That's so true. Sometimes when things are going good, you get this confluence of weird things and weird events that end up costing you. And then there's other times when things are going well and you get this crazy confluence of things that, in a way, kept it out of the net. That's really, that can't be understated. He said the Flyers ended up having two goals for them that were the style of goal they need to have, they've had, have had, go against them lately. He said, granted, I'll take them. I'll take them any way they come and not complain. I'm just saying we also need to look at how many turnovers did the Flyers have inside their own blue line. Good on them for finding a way to keep them out of the net, but any one of those getting buried could have completely changed the outcome of that game. They had some needless penalties. And they managed to kill, and against the Islanders' power play, that is saying something. Again, how different the game could have been if one of those penalties, especially the one, uh, had ended in a goal. He said, my point is not to take anything away from the win, but to point out about half of the winless streak games could have gone the Flyers' way. He said, there are obviously too many, there are obviously too many possibilities of the record they could have had to take the time to list them, all but... 5-5-0 five, five, and oh, or even 2-5-3 and three seems a whole lot better than 0-7-3. Oh, and three. This is what, obviously, they were at a 10-game winless skid. He said, and even the extra four points would have had them as a bubble team knocking on the door. I'm not saying this isn't the team uh, that is going to hoist the cup. I just don't think this is a team that's as bad as people are saying it is. He said, now for my question. It was quite the preamble, James. Good job. And now for my question. I'm not a fan of the loser point any more than you are. But what is the turning point of a winless streak versus a point streak? He says, is it just how it starts? If you win two and then lose eight after regulation, you are 2-0-8. But when the media talks about it, if a team in the playoffs or that should be good, you would hear this team is riding a 10-game point streak. If it is a team at the bottom of the standings, it would be referred to as a team on the brink of a 10-game losing streak. He said, I'll be making the 380-mile drive for the game on the 7th, which is tonight, against the Capitals. It'll be nice if we're talking about a win streak then. Thank you for your time. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and I wish you all health and happiness. Um, Based on where a team is in the standings has nothing to do with how it's termed. A losing streak, because of NHL 500, because you you have wins, losses, and OTLs, which is overtime shootout losses. So if you win a game beyond regulation, whether that's on the three-on-three overtime or in a shootout, it goes down in your in your standings as a win. So that's a winning streak. If you lose a game, it doesn't go down as a loss. It goes down as an OTL. So you could have a team like the Flyers who went 0-7-3 in 10 games. They didn't have any wins in those 10 games. They had zero wins, so it was a winless skid. It wasn't a losing streak because a losing streak would have been all L's. So they would have had to go 0, 10, and 0 to have a 10-game losing streak. It's a point streak if you go 2, 0, and 5. Then it's a seven-game point streak because you got two points in the two wins, and you got five points in the five overtime losses. So the total amount of points you would get there would be, what, nine points in those seven games. That would be a point streak. So I hope that clears it up. Um, I hope to see you at the game tonight, James. Um, 
Glad that you're able to come into town and see Flyers Caps tonight at Wells Fargo Center. Uh, let's get to one more here real quick. Um, let's get to Keith, who uh, messaged in a quick one here. He says, hey, Jason, I usually go by main Flyers fan on the social apps. Why haven't the Flyers yet brought up Anisimov? Don't you think he would add some veteran presence to the team that's much needed right now? He seems to have done well in Lehigh, been a Flyers fan since 72 and transplanted to Maine, so I rely on your daily podcast to keep up with the team, and I love what you do. Keep up the great work. Keith, Maine Flyers fan, as in Maine, M-A-N-M-A-I-N-E. Um, thanks for the note, Keith. Um, real simple, why Anisimov's not up. And I agree with you. I think that he obviously would bring a veteran presence. He's played for torts before. He can play the center position. He's a big body. All of those things. They can't fit him right now. And it's not a financial fit. They have 50 contracts signed. So you can only have 50 contracts in the NHL. Now, when they waived Kiefer Bellows, if he would have been claimed, that would have opened up a contract spot for the Flyers. It opened up a roster spot for Travis Konechny with the, on the Flyers roster, and he could go back down to the Phantoms, but he does still count for one of the 50 organizational contracts that they have. And if they want to bring Anisimov off, they're going to have to make either a trade or a waiver that is claimed. That's the only way to do it. Or you trade a contract. You, so you trade a player that's got one of those 50 contracts. We could see him at some point. We're starting to see some guys come back now. Um, I don't think, you know, Anisimov got hurt in camp. Obviously, he didn't hang around if they didn't think they were going to sign him. He's playing with the Phantoms now. He signed to an AHL contract, though, not an NHL contract. And to play in the NHL, he's going to have to be able to sign one of those. But you have 50 available and 50 are signed at the moment. All right, it is Flyers caps tonight. Wells Fargo Center wrapping up a five-game homestand. Can the Flyers get the win and the homestand with a north of 500 record? Well, we'll break it down tomorrow. It'll be another brand-new edition of Flyers Daily. So enjoy your hockey tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Flyers Daily. I